Hey, what's up there, Salem Fields? This is your host, Pastor Jason. We're just so excited you join us for worship this uh, this fine weekend. Um, we hope that you're doing well and um, are excited to see what it is that uh, God has in store for us during this message um, that Pastor James is uh, going to be delivering today. Um, just want to let you know what you can be expecting today is that, hey, we're going to be singing some songs here in just a little bit. And during those that time of uh, singing, this is just a time that we lift up praise uh, to God. It's an act of worship. Uh, it's not just worship. It's uh, more than that. Um, it's just a, an avenue in which we use to worship God um, and praise. And so we ask you to join us and just set aside all the distractions and different things from our homes that, that we may uh, have around us right now that just be able to focus in on that. And then once uh, we finish those uh, those few songs, uh, we're going to hear from Pastor James as we continue this CrossFit, but yet kind of going into a special part of this series now as we uh, enter into the um, Easter week, um, Holy Week, as many of us call it on Palm Sunday. You know, we want to make sure that we're connecting with you at Salem Fields, so if you would, please take the time to fill out your connection card. You can uh, take, do that by going to salemfields.com slash contact. This is a great way for you to stay connected. Let us know how we can be praying for you and best serving you um, in uh as your uh, staff here at Salem Fields. You can also use the uh, the tab that's going to be located in your box um, in the chat room uh, here in just a few moments. Um, be sure to check over, click over there to the chat room, say hello to those that are uh, in the in the room, let us know uh, who's worshiping with us today. We'd like to hear from you, and we're excited about that. Um, and then make sure you're sticking around at the end of the service. We're going to have a few more announcements. Um, and also, don't forget, we have our live lobby time starting at 1015 um, every Sunday from 1015 to 1045. And we'll have the the link and the little things in the, the chat box for you to click on to be able to join us on Sundays for that. Um, again, hey, it's just time to kick back, relax, focus in on God, and uh, worship. And I'll see you again here in just a few moments. God bless. Hey, welcome to church. Let's stand together and worship.
celebrate this Palm Sunday together. You know, I just think how amazing is it that we get to gather and we get to celebrate and we get to lift up our hands in freedom, proclaiming freedom over death, where we have fullness of life in Jesus and his shed blood. So can we just truly worship him this morning with a thankfulness, with a gladness in our hearts, with the praise that just, uh, just resonates, not worried about the person next to us, but to truly just come before our King and say, thank you for what you have done on the cross. I want to worship you. I want to praise you. Can we do that together? Because alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin I was lost without hope with no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in when death was arrested and my life began Yes, ash was redeemed, only beauty remains In my orphan heart it was given a name My morning grew quiet, my fear rose the day Death was arrested and my life began. Cause all your grace, so free, washes over me. You have made me new now, life begins with you. Release from my chains, I'm a prisoner no more. 
was a race of the faithful and poor. He canceled my debt and he called me his friend. When death was resting in my life began, we say, Oh, your grace so free washes Criminals cross in darkness rejoice as the heaven knows. Come on, but then Jesus arose with our freedom in great is his love. Amen, Father. It's from the darkness I called your name. And into darkness your mercy came. You called me out. You lifted me up. How great is your love. My weakness 
shame Buried my burdens in fields of grace You called me out, you lifted me up How great is your love It's from the heights of heaven You stepped down to earth In a sin perfection Gave your life for us and we are amazed as we stand in awe. For we have been changed by the power of the cross. How great, how great, how great is your love. How great, how great, how great is your love. How great. Sing your
but have eternal life and and I love what author Hebrew says he says for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross I don't know about you but the cross is not something joyful yet here Jesus set his sights on that because he knew the victory that it would bring the redemption that it would bring the restoration that it would bring he did that for you he did that for me so that's something to celebrate. That's something to be thankful for. That's something to stand in awe of who he is. You know, we celebrate Palm Sunday today. And, you know, I think back to that moment as Jesus enters in to Jerusalem. And all those people are, are crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna. And they're waving their palm branches. And I love, in Matthew 21, it says, the whole city was stirred. And they asked, who is this? See, when we are in the presence of God, we cannot help but be moved. We cannot help but be stirred. And the Bible says where his people are gathered and, and he inhabits their praises. So that means when we lift up the name of Jesus, his presence is here. And in the midst of his presence is where miracles break out. In the midst of his presence is where victory and redemption happens. In the midst of his presence is where he leads others into salvation. By putting their faith and trust in him and what he did on the cross reaching every single one of us. And so, can we just worship? Can we just magnify the name of Christ together? Can we just lift up the name which is above every name? Can we worship him in spirit and in truth for all that he has done? Because we don't just cry, Hosanna. We don't just cry, Hosanna. We give him our lives. We worship him. We surrender everything to him. So let's just continue to to just stand in awe of who he is. Magnify the name of Jesus in our lives. Can we do that together with one voice, ignoring everyone else? It's just about you and him and lifting up his name in worship. Let's do that together. With the whole earth echoing his eminence. 
I'll be crucified with you Cause death is just a doorway Into resurrection life If I'll join you in your suffering Then I'll join you when you rise And when you return in glory With all the angels and the saints My heart will still be singing My soul be
Lord, what an honor it is to magnify you with all that we are and all that we do, Lord. Lord, help us to be the people, the men and the women you have called us to be, Lord, that every aspect of our life would, would show your love, your hope, your grace, Lord. And Lord, we, we come to you today, Lord. We feel your Holy Spirit here in this place, Lord. Your presence is tangible among us. And Lord, you know what we carry with us today, Lord. You know that, that some of us are grieving. Some of us have really, really heavy hearts right now that, that we're in a, a state of grief and, and processing through uh, what, what our, our burdens are, Lord, but, but yet you know every single one of them, Lord. You know our, our hopes, our dreams, our disappointments, our failures, our celebrations, God. And Lord, on this day, this Palm Sunday, as we, we embark on this journey into Jerusalem with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, a journey that would lead to the cross, Lord, we know and we trust that death does not have the final answer. And Lord, we rejoice in that. We know that there is hope, there is life eternal, God. But even in this life, you have called us to be a part of something bigger, your kingdom here. And Lord, we pray that you would speak to us today, Lord. You would speak, that you would anoint Pastor James's words, even as he shares a story many of us have heard times before. That you would spark something inside of us, Lord, as we come and we bear before you all that we are and all that we have, God. And we praise you right now in this moment. We praise you, God. Show your presence. Come, Holy Spirit, come. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Y'all can take a seat, and I believe the youth will be dismissed to their group. Good morning to you. So good to have you here this morning, this Palm Sunday. Um, we've been in a message series called CrossFit. And uh, before we head there this morning, I want to encourage you uh, to begin thinking about who you might invite to connect, uh, either at home or here in person next week for Easter. Here's what we know, uh, that during Christmas and Easter time, people who would normally not be interested in connecting at a church or connecting community are open to connecting community. And if you, if you will invite them, uh, our stats tell us that a higher percentage of them will show up. And so I encourage you, whether you're at home and you're, um, you're worshiping at home, and maybe you do a watch party. Watch parties are getting ready to go away on Facebook, but uh, not yet. And so you could do a watch party or invite someone over to your home to hang out with you. And if you're coming here live, we would encourage you to bring uh, someone with you or at least invite someone to come with you. Hey, I also want to thank you for all that you're doing to keep the covenants 
around COVID-19. We had an exposure this week, and, and because of some of the things that we've done in keeping covenants, uh, we had a, a small situation, which could have been a huge situation, uh, some really tough stuff. And so we appreciate it, and, and we know this is coming to an end soon, and uh, lots of people are being vaccinated. Your whole, uh, your whole team here at the church has been vaccinated. And so uh, we're, we're praying and hoping and believing that this is going to come to an end. But we want to, I just want to say I appreciate you partnering with us uh, as we continue to walk through this as a community uh, and a, a global community, in fact. Well, like I said, we, we've been in this series um, called CrossFit. And uh, the series is uh, asking the question, how do we grow spiritually as I look at how I try to grow in kind of my physical fitness? And our key scripture comes from 1 Timothy. Timothy is a book that, a letter that Paul wrote to his protege, Timothy, helping him to understand what it means to do leadership in the church. And, and Paul uses a lot of sports metaphors, which is good for our series. And today I just, I want to talk about a plan. Uh, not just any plan, because we make plans all the time, right? We, we've been a part of plans, we've carried out plans, uh, we've seen plans and come and go. In this, in this new season of a, a new administration, we hear all kinds of things about plans, right? New administration here in the USA, we hear a lot about plans, foreign policy plans, tax plans, domestic plans, immigration plans, all types of plans, and we know how this goes. We, we've seen them come and go, and some work, and some don't work. Well, as I got ready to move into this journey of physical fitness, I had a plan. And so I went to my trainer, I hired a trainer, and I went to that trainer and I said, here's my plan. I'm going to push a whole bunch of weight, I'm going to gain some weight, and I'm going to gain muscles, and I'm, I'm going to be buffed and all of that kind of stuff. But my trainer, as he began to do the little stuff, he began to tell me about the things that I needed, that I needed to build to where I wanted to go. And as he told me that, I realized that my plans would have shot high up in the sky like a rocket, but it then would have fell to earth like a dud. My plans were doomed to failure. So Supar, my trainer, began to put a good plan together for me to give me instruction and to encourage me to listen to his instruction. Now, here's the problem with me. I've always got a plan. Every time I show up to work out, I've got a plan. And the trainer has to help me to not go with my plan, but to listen to his plan. Our scripture today is all about Paul's plan to help Timothy become a good leader and become spiritually fit. Here's what he says to Timothy. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far so, making you both fit for today and forever. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed to be rescued? I mean, have you ever been in a bad situation and you needed some help? Or in a situation where you've gotten yourself into a bind and you needed someone to pull you out of that bind? This whole journey, a workout began as a trainer tried to get me out of a bind of, of my own making, bad eating, 
bad sleeping, no exercise, had gotten me into a kind of a physical bind with my, my physical fitness, and, and the trainer tried to help me come to, to what it means to be spiritually and, and physically fit, right? So, so there's many times in my life where I needed to be rescued. Maybe you have, you're like this as well. When I needed to pull off some good grades to graduate from college, I went and I got a tutor, right? When I needed to get my finances together after I had messed them up at the age of 19, I went and got a financial advisor and a credit counselor. There have been times in my journey where I needed some help because I'd gotten myself in a bind spiritually and I went and I talked to a pastor or a counselor. I sought the advice of a medical doctor when I was having some, some medical issues. So we all had play times where we needed to be rescued. But one of these situations where I really need to be, needed to be rescued really bad was in the third grade. This may surprise you, but I had the gift of gab, right? I, I had the gift of gab, and, and most of my life has served me well. Most of life has been a good thing in my life, but there have been times, few and far between, but there have been times that this gift was to my detriment. One of those times is when I had been talking way too much. My mother used to say, you have diarrhea of the mouth. Anybody's mom like that? And, and, and so because I, I would talk too much, right, there goes your lunch. And, and she said, one day, James, you're gonna, your mouth is going to write a check that your behind cannot cash. Ever have a mom like that? And that came in the spring of my third grade year. When I ran off of my mouth to a person by the name of Greg Jones. Now, now, Greg Jones was a man among boys in the third grade. Greg Jones was about 5'8 and 190 pounds. In comparison, I was about like 5, 4, 11, 4, 12 and about 70 pounds soaking wet. So Greg was a man among boys in the third grade. Now, I don't know whether Greg got left behind or some, he started school late, but he was a big boy, and I wasn't. And so one day he was talking, and I kind of got into his conversation. And he, and he said to me, Hayward, shut up. And I said to him, why don't you make me? <laughs> Diary of the mouth. And he said, okay, Hayward, after school, I'm going to make you. And then I was in trouble. And so the rest of the day, the rest of the day, you know how time seems to stand still during your day? The rest of the day, time stood still. And I was trying to figure out, now, how do I get out of this? Do I go to the nurse's office and pretend like I'm sick? Anybody ever done that? You know, or, or do I skip the rest of school? No, that's not going to work because the nurse will take my temperature. She'll know I'm not sick. If I skip school, my parents will find out. And, and I tried to think through all kinds of ways of getting out of it. And finally, I thought that none of the ways were very practical and they weren't going to work. So at about 3.30 p.m., the bell rings and school is letting out. And I just decided, well, I'm going to take my beating like a man. Now, let, me, now, let me say to you, I could have ran. I could have been a fraidy cat. I could have gotten out of the situation. But, but then you, then you got to deal with that the rest of the school year. So I decided to take my beating like a man. So, so when the appointed hour had come, Greg came out with his boys. And, 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 and a crowd gathered around us. You know why the crowd does that? So that the teachers can't see what's going on and interrupt the fight. 
And I would like to say it was a great fight. I would like to say that punches were thrown and it was great, but it really wasn't much of a fight. There was one punch thrown and it was landed pretty squarely and all I could see was stars. And suddenly I had a swelling in one eye and I couldn't see out of the eye. Now you'd have thought I had enough, but what I said to Greg was that was a lucky punch. You won't be so lucky next time. Now, I don't know what kept him from beating me to the Pope right then and there, but I, I think the teachers probably came and knew there was a fight and broke it up. And, and, and I kind of went on in time and I forgot about it. But let me say to you, Greg didn't forget. Watch this. The Bible says that as Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, he sent two of them to get a donkey and her colt. This fulfilled the prophecy in Zechariah. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Jesus mounted the donkey and rode into Jerusalem. Many laid their cloaks on the road before him and brought palm branches to wave and celebrate. Hosanna in the highest heaven, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the son of David. But not all who were there understood him. Some called him only a prophet, believing him wise, but denying his divinity. Some raged and cheered for a revolution, hoping he would liberate them from their oppressors. To others, he was nothing more than an interruption. Even as children ran to him and shouted for joy, his enemies wove through the crowd, watching, seething, plotting. The range of reactions was great and wide. Celebration, worship, revolutions, deception, cynicism, condemnation, boredom, disinterest. But every single person had to confront one thing, who he was. Behold, your king is coming to you. You see, we all need rescue. In some point in our lives, in some situation in our lives, we've needed rescue. Maybe you're here today and you are, you are dealing with grief and pain. And um, you need rescue. Maybe today you're here and you have a bad relationship and you need rescue. Maybe today, you're here today and you would never want anyone to know what you were doing last night or what you said before you got here and you need rescue. Maybe today you're in a health situation where you need rescue or a financial situation and you need rescue. Or maybe today you're all alone. On the outside, everything looks good, but on the inside, you're all alone and you need rescue. The good news is, that Jesus, as he headed into Jerusalem, that, that Palm Sunday, he was executing the greatest rescue plan for all time and eternity. Would you listen to 
the plan. After saying these things, Jesus headed straight up to Jerusalem. And when he got near Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Called Olives, he set off two of the disciples with instructions. Go to the village across from you. As soon as you enter, you'll find a colt tethered, one that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone asks any, anything, ask. If anyone asks anything, or ask, what are you doing? Say his master needs him. The two left and found it just as he said. And as they were untying the coat, the owner said, what are you doing untying the coat? And they said, his master needs him. And they brought the, they brought the coat to Jesus. Then throwing their coats on his back, they helped Jesus get on. And as he rode, the people gave him a grand Welcome, throwing their coats on the street right at the crest where Mount Olive begins is to send the whole crowd of disciples burst into enthusiastic praise over all the mighty works that they had witnessed. Blessed is he who comes, the king in God's name, all well in heaven, glory in high places, and some Pharisees from the crowd told them, teacher, get your disciples under control but he said, if they keep quiet, the stones would do it for them, shouting praise. And when the city came into view, he wept over it. If you had only recognized this day and everything was good for you, but now it's too late. In the days ahead, your enemies are going to bring up their heavy artillery and surround you, pressing you from every side. They'll smash you and your babies on the pavement. Not one stone will be left intact. All this because you did not recognize and welcome God's personal visit. The passage that I just read is the launch of God's rescue plan that had been in waiting for all eternity. This is not some stopgap measure. This is not God figuring that everything has gone wrong and him deciding to try to fix it. Max Lucado says this, and I love it. From the time that the apple touched the lips of Eve, the cross appeared on the horizon. Jesus didn't just show up to Jerusalem one day riding a colt. He purposely headed to Jerusalem. He turned his face resolutely towards Jerusalem to initiate God's greatest rescue plan of all time. And I, and I just imagine that when he turned his eyes towards Jerusalem, he looked down the corridors of history and he could see us and he could see us in our knees and he could see us needing to be rescued. And knowing all that would happen and knowing all that he would go through and knowing all that he would kind of deal with in that journey, he goes there anyway. That's good news for us today. As the gospel writers point out, his, his arrival to, to kind of execute this rescue plan is no accident. Even his arrival upon a colt or a donkey is very important to the story, particularly for those in Jerusalem, to those Jewish people that the gospel writer Matthew is writing to. Jesus' choice of transportation is, is given a sign about what he would be about and what he would do. His entry was a fulfillment a completion of the prophecy announced by the prophet Zechariah 
In the 6th century B.C., Zechariah was this post-exilic prophet, meaning that he was prophesying to those who had come back to the promised land, had come back to Jerusalem from their captivity in Babylon, but things weren't the way they thought they would be. They thought they would come back and everything would be copacetic, that everything would be righted, but here they were, back in their homeland, occupied by a foreign power, and, and, and they weren't happy about it. And, and, and as God people were in this promised land and they were dealing with all of this stuff from foreign powers, they, they begin to ask this, press, this question, why isn't God doing something? Why isn't he keeping his promises into this tension, this tension of being home but not home yet? This tension of being home, but not the way they wanted to be home. The prophet, like Zechariah, spoke on God's behalf, beginning to focus the people's attention towards a future day when God would act decisively, a future day when God would come in and he would do away with the enemies of Israel and establish his rule through a king who would, who would make the world right again. Listen to what Zechariah says, shout and cheer, daughter Zion. Raise the roof, daughter Jerusalem. Your king is coming, a good king who makes all things right, a humble king riding on a donkey, a miracle donkey. I've had it with war. No more chariots in Ephraim, no war horses in Jerusalem, no more swords or spears or bows or arrows. He will offer peace to the nations, a peaceful rule worldwide from the four winds to the seven seas. And you, because of my blood covenant, with you, I'll release your prisoners from their hopeless cells. Come home, hope-filled prisoners. This very day, I'm declaring a double bonus. Everything you've lost, return twice over. Judah is now my weapon, the bow I'll pull, setting Ephraim as an arrow to the string. I'll wake up your sons, O Zion, to counter your sons, O Greece, from on people from now on, people are, are my source. And so here's this, here's this plan that has been planned from the very beginning of creation. Here's this, this great rescue plan that we're deathly in need of. And, and it's executed by the, a, a, perfect, a perfect sacrifice. Can you hear John as he sees Jesus walking down the road? And he says, look, the, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is a God who moves into the neighborhood, who lives a sinless life and dies a sinner's death. This God, this perfect sacrifice, the plan from the very beginning that God would move into the neighborhood, that he would leave the splendor of heaven, the, 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 the creation that he had created, and he would move into the neighborhood and put blood, flesh, and skin on and become like us so that we could become like him. A plan that would take care of the sin for, for, for all of humanity, not just the Jewish crowd that day, but for all of humanity, for all time, for all sin. Here's the thing. Sometimes we think of, well, God sacrificed for, for the sins of this person or that person. No, for all humanity, for all time. The word we use is atoned. His great rescue plan atoned for the sins of humanity. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, all people. But God's rescue plan wasn't coming the way that they want it. 
I mean, the disciples were thinking, well, well, who's going to be number one? Jesus. I mean, we, we've done this three and a half years with you. Who's going to be number one? I mean, it was so bad that one of them got their moms to come on to Jesus. And moms come up to Jesus and says, Jesus, hey, 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 when, when, this all, when this all breaks loose, how about this, Jesus? How about my one son sits on your right side and my other son sits on your left side? How about that, Jesus? I mean, and, and, and it, was, it wasn't so many days later that they were running scared, fraidy cats. They got out of there denying him running. In fact, Peter, Peter even chides him and rebukes Jesus when he says to Jesus, Lord, God forbid. No, not you. You don't go to the cross. And the religious leaders were no better. They should have known better. They spent their lives studying prophecy to understand what prophecy was and how it was being fulfilled. And they seemed to totally miss it or, or they had something more sinister in mind. I think you'll find that that's true because John records that even before Jesus heads into Jerusalem, that the teachers of, of the law and the Pharisees and the chief priests had already put a plan together to kill Jesus. And then there's the crowd, the people of the time, the crowd, the disciples. There was all kinds of disciples, all kinds of followers. I call them Happy Meal Christians. And as long as the Happy Meals were being given out and as long as the healings were happening and as long as Jesus was meeting their expectation, everything was great and they were shouting, Hosanna, and they were excited. Hosanna means save us, please save us. They shouted, blessed is the one who comes in God's name. They declared, yes, yes, the king of Israel. The titles they used, the proclamations they made, gave a sense of their expectation and that they had concerning Jesus, expectations that weren't met First and foremost, the crowd expected a king. They wanted a king. Prodded by the, the echoes of Zechariah, the crowd shouted Hosanna to the son of David, speaking about that Davidic kind of lineage and, and, and this king that would sit on the throne of David and would rule. Son of David is a messianic title reserved for a coming king that would be in David's line so Jesus was a king with God's amazing rescue plan, but not the king that they expected. Their second expectation flowed from the first. They expected a conqueror. Yes, a, yes, a king entering on a donkey, uh, you know, would have this image of peace in stark contrast to some kind of war horse ridden by another ruler. But according to Zechariah, and to the crowd's expectation, how would that peace be achieved? Through military might. And so even though they had this king coming in on a donkey, they expected the king to enact this military war that would foundly, foundly do away with their enemies, foundly give them the high spot. So Jesus was a conqueror with God's amazing rescue plan, but not the one that they expected. Finally, the crowds made this the definitive statement about the expectation of Jesus. When asked who this person is entering Jerusalem, listen to what Matthew says. This is the prophet Jesus, the one from Nazareth in Galilee. And when the religious leaders heard this story, they knew it was aimed at them. They wanted to arrest Jesus to put him in jail, but intimidated by public opinion, they held back because most people held him to be a prophet of God, a prophet 
like Zechariah. You know, the thing about the prophets, the thing about the prophets is this. As long as they're saying things that we like, we're in the prophets. But when they start to say things we don't like, they would be better off dead. I had a buddy of mine who always says, I don't want to be a prophet because they killed them all. You know, I don't want to be a prophet. You know, these people that call themselves prophets, they, ha- they don't have the first, they don't have the first idea about what it means to be a prophet, right? Because there are many people that want to be prophets. Because if you just look through the scriptures, all, all the prophets die. And they don't usually die the way they want to die. A prophet uh, who announced something that they didn't even understand. So Jesus was a prophet with God's rescue plan, but not the one they expected. And so the crowd's cheers on Palm Sunday were fleeting at best. They expected a king. They expected a conqueror. They expected a prophet. But Jesus was not the one that they expected they wanted this, this conquering king and prophet, and, and, and they wanted him to come in and, and take over and do away with all of their problems. Sometimes like, they're like us. Say, God, come in and, and, and give me good grades, even though I haven't studied for a test. God, come in and, and take care of this relationship that I've messed up. God, come in and, and take care of this habit and this, this hang-up and, and this hurt that, that I kind of continuously wallow in. It's like we want God to be this. It's like the machine that you put some money in and you pull the knob. I guess we push the buttons now, the digital buttons. I'm showing my age. And, and, and some kind of food or treat comes up. We want them like a genie where we rub the bottle and we get three wishes. And the genie does whatever we want the genie to do. Here's the reality. Sometimes the rescue plan does not come as we expect. Sometimes the rescue plan is, it comes in a way that we at least expect the plan to come. So they, like us, needed rescue. But they weren't happy with the plan. We're like them a little bit. We also need rescuing. And, and sometimes we just think that we can do it on our own. We think that we can bootstrap it. We think that we can make it happen for ourselves, but the reality is we can't. And the Bible tells us why we can't make it happen. The Bible tells us why the great rescue plan had to be executed by Jesus walking into Jerusalem that day. Because the reality is no matter what we do, no matter how much we bootstrap it, we can't make it happen because our sin is too great to rescue ourselves. Romans says it like this, since we've compiled this long and sorry record of sinners, both us and them, and proved that we are utterly incapable. Let me say that again. Utterly incapable. Say it with me. Utterly incapable. One more time. We are utterly incapable of living the glorious life God's wills for us. God did it for us. Out of his sheer generosity, he put us in the right standing with himself. A pure gift. He got us out of the mess we're in and restored us to where he always wanted us to be. And he did it by the means of Jesus Christ. God had to do the rescue plan. We couldn't rescue ourselves. We weren't righteous enough for the plan. We've sinned and kept at it so long. Is there any hope for us, Isaiah says? Can we be saved? We're all sin-infected, sin-contaminated. Our best efforts are grease-stained rags. We dry up like Autumn leaves, sin-dried, were blown off by the wind. 
And then another picture that Isaiah paints is this picture of being in the throne room and seeing God high and lifted up and realizing when he looks at God's holiness and he looks at himself that he is undone, that, that he doesn't measure up. See, if we're measuring ourselves against other people, we we'll always find someone who's worse off than us or someone that we're better than. We'll always find someone. And here's the deal. We don't usually compare ourselves to the person that's doing better than us. We usually compare ourselves to the person doing worse than us. In the church, we need to, we need to come to a place of understanding who God is, afresh and anew. We love relationship, but there's such a thing called reverence. And when reverence and relationship comes together, you have this, you have this, this Christian that's in, in just the right place. God's our very best friend, and we understand that we can have a relationship with Jesus, and that is so important. But sometimes I believe because of that relationship aspect, we forget who God is. See, because God is holy and we're not. Psalm 99 begins to talk about it. God rules on your toes, everybody. He rules from his angel's throne. Take notice. God looms majestic in Zion. He towers in splendor of all the big names. Great and terrible your beauty. Let everyone praise you. Holy, yes, holy, strong king, lover of justice. You laid things out fair and square. You set down the foundations in Jacob. Foundation stones, just and right ways. Honor God, our God. Worship his rule. Holy, yes, holy. And then he begins to talk about all that God has done. Moses and Aaron are his priests. Samuel among those who prayed to him. They prayed to God and he answered them. He spoke from a pillar of cloud and they did what he said. They kept his law and he gave them, that he gave them. And then God, our God, answered them. But you were never soft on their sins. Lift high, God, our God. Worship at his holy mountain. Holy, yes, holy is God, our God. And Jesus comes on the scene, and he begins to execute the rescue plan. Because Jesus takes his disciples aside one day, and he tells them this in the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark. It says this, he then began explaining things to them. It's necessary that the Son of Man... Proceed to an ordeal of suffering, be tried and found guilty by the elders, high priests and religious leaders, be killed and after three days raised up alive. He said this simply and clearly so they could not miss it. All of a sudden, he puts on display and he tells them exactly why he came, exactly what he was doing, exactly why he raised, rode into Jerusalem, exactly what the rescue plan is all about. Back to the story. I had forgotten <laughs> about my words to Greg, but he did not forget. And so one day I was walking home and uh, the school was not very far from my home, maybe, um, maybe 500 to 700 feet at the most. And I was walking home, and as I was walking, Greg and some of his guys stepped in front of me. And he said, Hayward, remember the lucky punch thing? Let's see if we can do better than that this time. 
I had forgotten, but he had not forgotten. And so there I was, and I, you know, trying to figure out how am I going to do this. And so I got ready, and I, and I, and I, and I kind of stiffened up and got ready to take my beating like a man. And just as I thought that the fists would be flying, just as I thought that, that, that destruction was coming, everything stopped. And, 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 and nothing happened. And I opened my eyes, which is probably what's got me beat up the first time because you can't really fight with your eyes closed, but that's another story. And I opened my eyes and I saw this look of horror in Greg's face. And, and Greg and, and his buddy kind of sidestepped me, and they ran away. And I shouted at them, you better run! <laughs> Unbeknownst to me, it had nothing to do with me. I thought maybe they knew that I was taking boxing lessons, and it had nothing to do with me. See, my dad and my older brother had come up behind me, and I didn't see him. And my, my dad, at, at the time, uh, Alan, John Davis Allen, was about 6'4", and about 300 pounds. And so he's a lot bigger than Greg. See, sometimes the rescue plan comes in unexpected ways. And sometimes when we're in the place of, we're in the place of being really bad off and when we're in the pigsties of our lives, God's rescue plan comes riding in on the scene in ways that we don't understand. Maybe today you're in a place of total rebellion and your sin is, is looming large God has a rescue plan. Maybe today you're filled with grief and, and despair and you don't know where to go and, and, and how things are going to work out. God has a rescue plan. Maybe today the doctors have said to you, you don't have much longer to live. This disease is going to catch up with you. God has a rescue plan. Maybe today you're, you're stuck in your, your hurts and your habits and your hangups. God has a rescue plan. Maybe today your marriage is on the rocks and it seems like the only solution is to divorce. God has a rescue plan. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe you have a kid that's kind of gone off the deep end and you're wondering, God, how long? God has a rescue plan. Maybe you don't, you're sitting here today and you, everything is messed up and you don't know a first thing about God. You don't have relationship. God has a rescue plan for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish or need not be destroyed, but everyone can have full and everlasting life. God has a rescue plan. So wherever you are in the auditorium, where you are at home, whatever you're going through, Jesus got on a donkey and rode into Jerusalem today and he looked down the corridors of history and he saw you and he saw me and he saw us in our emptiness and he saw us in our frustration and he saw us in our death. 
And he went on and he marched on with God's amazing rescue plan. So let me ask you today, what are you in need of rescue from? Or what, a, what, what does God, how does God need to help you and rescue to something? Who needs rescuing in your life? God is still in the business of enacting a great rescue plan on our behalf. That's good news. If there's any reason that we should shout Hosanna, if there's any reasons that we should say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, it's because of God's great rescue plan. So he's ready. He's already taken the trip. You and I just got to take him up on it. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you're still in the business of rescuing us, that you see us where we are and you refuse to leave us there suffering. You refuse to leave us there dying. You refuse to leave us there in fear. You refuse to leave us there in pain. You refuse to leave us there. And so you got on a donkey and you began to ride into Jerusalem. They would change for all time and eternity our destiny Thanks be to God. Maybe you're here today. You were saying, James, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but I know I need rescuing. And so if you're like that, whether you're in the auditorium or you're listening to me at home, you can pray a prayer simply like this. God, thank you for your rescue plan. Thank you for your son, Jesus, moving into the neighborhood. Thank you, Father, that you have sought me out through a ride into Jerusalem. And so, Father, today I, I, I turn away from doing it my own way of trying to put together my own plan, and I accept your plan. Your plan of your son, Jesus, dying on a cross for me. Now come and live inside my heart and take control. Be the CEO of my life. The Bible says if you confess Jesus as Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. And so thank you, Father. Maybe you're a belonger here and you've been on the journey for a long time, but you have this on-again, off-again relationship Maybe you caught you, got you caught in an addiction or, or some other tough thing. Maybe you're just suffering because of the, the evil that's in the world. And because of the evil in the world, there's death and there's destruction and there's bad relationships. Maybe you, someone's hurt you and you have bitterness in your heart and you, you can't find a way to forgive or forget. Maybe someone has hurt you and it's destroying you on the inside. Thank you, Father, that with all of that being the case, you still have a rescue plan, and you're still in the business of coming into dead situations and bringing a life. You're still in the business of meeting us at our point of need as we, as we kind of cry out to you.
maybe here today you just said, James, uh, I, I, I just need to, I need to do better. My, my spiritual life is not where it should be. And I want to be more like Jesus. God can make that possible in your life as you surrender fully past, present, and future. God's promise is that he will fill you with his spirit and enable you to live a victorious life in him. But you gotta, you gotta admit that you need rescuing. So Father, thank you for what you're doing in these moments all over this auditorium and at home, in cars, in living rooms, wherever people are listening to this message. Lord, I pray that you would help us to cry out to you and then know what happens as, as we agree with you and who we are and who you are and who Jesus is that bridges the gap between us and you through the cross. Thank you, Father. For your great rescue plan. In your name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. Bless you. I don't know about you, but we've had a powerful experience of God here today in worship. And I know that that James' message of rescue is for all of us. Um, I think it's a reminder for those of us who have been belongers of our need. Sometimes we forget that, but also that we can reach out to our Lord and Savior at any time, and he gets it. Um, so I want to challenge you to who in your life might need to hear this message of hope, uh, that there is a rescue plan for them, that they are not alone in this. Um, who might you share that with this week, especially as we lead up to Good Friday and Easter Sunday. And um, here at Salem Fields, um, well, first I want to thank everybody for joining us, and especially if you're new, if you're a guest or visitor, this is your first time worshiping with us online. Uh, we're so grateful to have you. And um, and we participate in giving of tithes and offerings here at Salem Fields. We're not going to pass buckets or anything like that, but there's a number of easy ways that you can do that. If you're here in person, there's some kiosks in the lobby as well as online. And we believe that this is a spiritual practice. Practice. This is our response to God's generosity in all that he has done for us and all he has given us. Giving back to God, which is really God's in the first place. And also, I want to invite you to fill out a connection card online. It's very easy to do. Just go on your phone, um, even as you're uh, waiting for the ushers to dismiss you here or in, in the car. I know that there's a lot of prayer needs going on right now. Um, I know personally this has been a heavy week, lots of loss um, lots of pain, lots of things going on. We want to know and we want to be with you through that. So um, so please fill out a connection card. Um, know that your prayers are, are confidential. They're held within the staff. And if this is your first time with us, we'd love to get to know you better and also answer any questions that you might have about the church. And um, just a couple of, of brief things. Um, the Brisbane race, the Brisbane 5K that we're going to host here at Salem Fields to benefit the Thurman Brisbane Center, which is our area's homeless shelter. Um, the price increase for that is on Thursday, uh, April 1st. So if you'd like to register for that, to run, walk, there's also a kid's mile for that. I encourage you to do that to get the early bird pricing for that. 
And also, like we said at the beginning of the service, and as you know, Easter is upon us a week from today, and we have a bunch of things for Holy Week leading up to Easter, uh, starting on Thursday. Thursday, here at the church outside from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., we're going to have a prayer experience. And this is participatory. Bring your family. Come by yourself. Come on your lunch break uh, for you to have some different stations that you'll walk through outside. So it's family-friendly. Come to that. Good Friday, we have a service at 7 p.m. right here that we'll be talking more about this rescue plan. And on Saturday, we're going to be serving our friends over at the Brisbane Center, uh, having a, an Easter service there, um, and then an Easter sunrise service right here at 6.30 outside in the back parking lot. It's going to be a great day. I think the weather's supposed to be good right now. At least that's what they're saying. And then Easter Sunday services at 9 and 11. So join us for that. We're going to send out registration for that too, so be sure to register. Um, registration's always available on the website and invite a friend invite somebody to join you um, join us in making it happen to serve we really want our congregation to come together to experience the love of Christ and share that with anyone everywhere hey I hope you got a lot out of that message today and that um, that today that we just don't walk away from the service and uh, click off the the screen and that we just think that um, that's where it ends no let's try to live this out this week especially the week of Holy Week um, and see how God's rescue plan applies to all of us this week um, if you want make sure you're uh, clicking over here in just a few moments to our live uh, lobby time that's going to be taking place I'll have the link posted or you can click on the box there's gonna be a, a box that you can click that's about joining the zoom there in the chat room as well and you can just uh, click on that and you'll come right over to the live uh, lobby. Um, we want to make sure that uh, you're connecting with us all week as we've got a lot of things going on um, throughout the week for Holy Week. Um, we have our Thursday prayer uh, labyrinth that's uh, going to be taking place here at the uh, Salem Fields property. Um, you can be uh, sure to check that out. Our Good Friday service will be in the building and it'll also be online. We have our uh, third in Brisbane um, homeless shelters Easter service is going to be taking place on Saturday and then we have our sunrise 9 a.m. and 11 on Easter Sunday we want to make sure that you're uh, taking care of being a part of that um, you know because we want to make sure that we're in serving in a service inviting for a service and attending a service and we've got a lot of opportunities for that you can always find this stuff out on our social media page um, and be able to share this out to others so they can join us for Easter, as well as uh, going to SalemFields.com slash Easter. This is a great way for you to kind of connect, and if you're in the area and you want to serve, it's a great place to sign up to serve um, for the, one of these services as well. You know, we're excited about all that's going on. Uh, you know, we got a couple things that are coming up. Um, still, our deeper dive will be taking place, and then we got a, a 5K uh, marathon that's going to be taking place here at the Salemfields property, and you can check out that um, as well as by going to our website and finding out more about that. You make sure, again, that you're filling out that connection card um, and that you've uh, faithfully, uh, we're just so grateful for those that have been faithfully given in our tithes and offerings because it's through that giving um, we've been able to reach people around the world as well as continuing to do our um, online services. Hey, we have, we have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. God bless.